Willie Johnson. Uh, back in the day, man, I played running back at Norfolk University. I had a pleasure to be able to sit next to a guy that played running back who won two national championships, the leading scorer at USC. Most people may argue with if Lindell and, and, and Reggie Bush is the best duo running back creation ever lived. Yeah. You know, some people say Reggie Bush was the best, but statistics say Lindell was the best. You know what I'm saying? So I want to introduce my brother, uh, Lindell White. We're going on, baby. Appreciate you having me. Hey, man, I appreciate being here, man. I want to I wanna get right into it. Um, right now, we know that youth sports is, 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 is not about fun anymore. Even on the high school level, now even in college, I know they have a thing out that's NIL, um, name, image, likeness. And it's more about business nowadays, right? And so when we talk about NIL, we know a lot of kids uh, can be misled, right? Misunderstood or just be lacking the knowledge thereof, yeah. right? So when we got into this and we decided to create Ballin' on a Budget, which is a financial literacy course specifically for student athletes, being a running back like, like, Imagine if NIL was available back in the day when we was playing, right? Like, like, like us. You know, what, what, what you feel about that? Well, NIL is, it's, it's huge right now. And it's, it's like a, a wild, wild west. There's so many organizations that's, you know, trying to form. The NCAA don't really know how to control it right now. They, they got like, they got some of the teams running it. They got like some of the collectives running it. They got like some what I understand, former alumni is running some of their programs. Uh, I think the teams that are going to have the best success with that will be if they get somebody in-house, um, the coaches find somebody that can teach them about this money. Um, obviously, like you say, in ball on a budget, if we would have had this when I was playing college football, um, I still would have been better off. I didn't really have to. I, NIL would have been better so I could get paid, but, you know, I had family and I had people around me where I was still taken care of and I still could have found a way to, you know, learn about credit scores or, you know, when I did go borrow money, understand that what APRs are like, how much it is when you got to pay back and understand that because I don't think kids understand it. Even with this NIL, they're going to get so much money and they think that they can just spend it and they don't realize that there's taxes that come along with this. You definitely have to pay taxes at the end of the year. Um, that million dollars you thought was a million is probably, you know, $500,000. So that's what's going to mess them up off dribble because they ain't understanding, you know what I mean? So um, I think balling on a budget is probably one of the smartest things that anybody could get involved with because financial literacy ain't just now. This is going to be for the rest of your life, you know what I mean? You're going to buy a car. You're going to rent an apartment. You're going to have a credit card. You're going to have a cell phone bill. All that coincides with NIL now. And if, if you ain't smart with your NIL, you probably run out of money before you know it. Because, shit, I see these kids in designer shoes and designer belts and all this. And I'm like, man, I know that costs money. You know what I'm saying? Big facts, man. And the, and the beautiful thing about it is, like, I, I like the name balling on the budget, right? Like, when, you know, when you, when you created the name, like, I think it, it fits the purpose of what we're trying to do, right? And with them balling on the budget, you being the voice of it, you telling your story, you, you're, you're sharing, you know, real truthful things about some of the financial things that may have happened with you yeah. involving USC, involving sports. Give me one thing that happened to you at NFC, I mean, at USC, 
back in the day, like what was, you know, because I remember the envelope, yeah. you know, back in the day we had to write alumni, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we was able to receive a little bit of compensation depending on our play, yeah. right? Did you ever have anything like that happen to you? Well, no, nah, I was I was blessed. It's crazy because we're we're in Michigan and Detroit, the big shot. Tati Billis was my big cousin. Mm. So, um, it's crazy to think about it. I I was one of the kids that was, I happened to be blessed. So if I ever needed anything, you gotta think when I first got to USC, Chanti had just beat, you know, my guy Kobe in the finals and was the finals MVP. So it was like you know, I had just won my first national championship. My cousin won the NBA championship, you know, we on top of the world and he's like you know, he taught me about all the past stuff, like if somebody come to you with this or you you call me first, I got you, right? So I was blessed to have him, you know what I mean? And this is any and everything I probably wanted. I had I was probably the first kid in in, in L.A. with rose gold jewelry, Jesus pieces and watches and all that. But, you know, all my stuff went through the clearinghouse, so I was good. But, you know, I heard, I heard stories about, you know, people getting some bread. I mean, as I got older, I might have found a couple packages and I don't know if they left that for me or Chauncey left it. I just know it was there. So yeah. And I never said anything, but I don't know nothing. When you're like the thing about that is yes you had the money, but now I want to go buy a car, right? Nobody's telling me like the right how you finance it or how much you should be putting down or your credit score is gonna probably affect how much you put down. They ain't tell you none of that. So I'm going to go get a Lexus and I probably put down way more than I probably should have and they got over on me because I'm 19 years old and I just want this Lex bubble so bad that I would give him anything for it, you know what I mean so but that's probably my number one because I know I overpaid for that car thinking back it's like had I had somebody or had I known this on my own I would already know what to go in there like nah you can't try you can't try me this is what I know this is where my credit score awaits me and I got my guy right here with me that's gonna help you know do everything for me so I think that's the number one thing. I mean, when you get that money as a kid, you're so anxious to spend it, but you don't really understand what you're spending. No doubt. And I always known you as a beast, like a super, super competitor. So was there ever a time on the field playing with somebody like Reggie Bush who felt like, you know, that was my touchdown? Or, you know, like, how was the brotherhood with you and Reggie Bush? I'm sure a lot of people want to know that. That was my twin. I can't, like, I know people want to make it a, a battle between me and him, but the reason why me and Reggie were so good is because of the love we shared for one another. It was, if I seen him score, it wasn't not asking my touchdown. It's like, I know I get the next series. Now, I, what am, what are you going to do? Like, every time he scored or did something, it was like, I got to do something. It wasn't like, oh, damn, I'm mad that he's doing that. Like, hell no. Nah. If he was usually doing good, we win it. So I have no problem with that. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I fed off that. I'm like, yeah, when you don't get the accolades and you don't hear your name or of course you're you're sitting there like yeah i'm just as good as anybody but i ain't taking that out on him i ain't taking that on matt liner shit y'all heisman trophy winners I, that ain't y'all's fault y'all did the work but now i gotta just show the world too no doubt. so that's what that was always my coming from colorado and you go there with all this i was a four-star myself coming out but you know reggie was a five-star he was probably the number one in that class i think i had another running back that might have been a chauncey might have been ranked a little higher than the two but, you know, when you come in and you, you have that and it's like everybody's talking about Colorado ball and you're like, what? Like, I don't already played against y'all down in San Antonio, so I already know what y'all want. Like, I, I, I'm built for this, you know what I mean? So as you get into it, yeah, that the, the coming from Colorado, I had a chip on my shoulder anyway because you hear about Texas, Cali, you know, Florida. And I'm like, shit, yeah, I, 
they go, oh, how was that transition from Denver to, to, to USC? Like, I know them Cali boys was like, man, ain't nobody in Denver about to come in here and run on me. Oh, yeah. But you, the thing is, it's like, so w- when you get there, I had a dude named Herschel Dennis, which was the running, the number one running back in the nation from Poly the year before. He was such a solid dude that, like, he took me in. And I'm in Poly with DJ, Deshaun. This is, he a puppy. He's still supposed to come to USC. So I'm going back to Poly. I'm in Long Beach. I'm with Snoop. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm starting to hang out with these dudes and like they molded me. So it, it becomes damn near like people think I'm from LA. You know what I'm saying? At one point, they're like, you from LA? Like, where'd you go? Dorsey or, you know, like Crenshaw? And I'm like, no, I'm from Colorado. You know what I mean? So, but somehow, some way, like the Cali, like they, since they, Herschel, like, you know, he adopted me in a sense to where like I, it kind of rubbed off on me. So it was like, yeah, I'm from Denver, but I got a Cali attitude to where, man, y'all ain't fucking with me. Excuse my way. Like, yeah, I don't think y'all can mess with me. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't give a, because I see this. We putting on our pads. We going out to practice every day. And I, I'm seeing what I'm doing to these California kids. You know what I'm saying? And I'll never forget this, bro. Like, this was a game. We, we played the University of Cal. Um, and we lose. This is my third game ever in college. It's a triple overtime game in Cal. And. I just remember after this game, like I, I had like two carries and one was for a touchdown. But I just remember we going in the locker room and I'm talking crap. I don't care. I'm like, man, y'all done gave me the ball. Ain't no way we would have lost this game. And I wasn't taking no shots at Urshel. So I'm just like, man, if y'all had gave me the ball more because I only had two carries, like shit would have been different. And I'll never forget Lofa Tatupu, man. And another girl, he was like, man, shut your young ass up, man. You don't know what the hell you talking about. You know what I mean? He's just going in on me, but he's the older captain, so I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, y'all gonna see. And I'll never forget it, bro. The next week, man, Pete Carroll comes. He's like, Herschel, you're gonna start, but we're gonna give Lindell most of the carries this week. And then I'll never forget it, bro. Like, I went for like 140 to a TD, and I broke the freshman record. And low foot to two, but I'll never forget it. He came over to me and was like, I'll never tell you to shut up again. Pete Carroll, I'm saying, I was just looking at him. I shocked myself. You know, I just be talking. My brother would tell you, as growing up, man, like, I would always talk some some type of stuff to where I, I felt like I had to back it up. But that was me, like, gassing myself up. Like, nah, you now you got to put on. Like, you can't talk like that without putting on. But it was like, shit, now it's here. Let's do it. You know what I mean? But, man, that USC environment was always phenomenal, man. You always had a lot of stars coming, like, like Snoop Dogg. You know what I mean? He showed a lot of love to USC always. Has Snoop Dogg ever, like, gave y'all, like, some type of motivational speech? And if so, how was it? Well, Snoop came in one time, and uh, Pete Carroll was just good at knowing how to, like, change the, the mood of some shit. Like, he, he was just a, he was an expert at that. He could be in summer camp, and, you know, he could feel, like, the mood getting off or, like, kids ain't feeling it. It's hot out here. And all of a sudden, you open the door, Snoop Dogg will pop in and start rapping, and you know, that was more Snoop, but Snoop was more of a big brother because my brother was out there with us too, so he used to be around a lot, right? But Snoop was more of the dude that was like, his wife had a cousin that went there a couple of years before, so he already understood how it was, so he was like basically the big brother that was like, shit, y'all don't need to be doing nothing crazy. Hang out with me and, you know, just keep your head down and everything will be straight. A lot of people looked at it like we were trying to hang around and, you know, just being that life, but it's crazy because he had text you, make sure you had practice, you know, make sure you wasn't hungry, just stuff like that. Like it was, it's crazy. We had his, we had time for us back then, the little two of sidekick pages and stuff. We got his, you know, direct math. He's hitting us all up on, uh, you know, texting everybody. We, we had his house eating, you know, I know his kids and stuff. So 
um, it became just like he became like a big brother with great advice to like how not to mess up in L.A. and to keep your hair straight. You know what I mean? How, how important is it? Um, do you believe that we 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 become mentors on all levels? Like I believe that you know college athletes should be able to help the high school, high school should be able to help the middle school, middle school should be able to help the elementary. I think that's one thing that society is lacking is if you've played ball on any level sometimes it's good to reach down and just try to help the younger yeah i mean but sometimes it comes with pride you know sometimes some of us don't think we're good enough sometimes you can you know have you're not looking at the fact that you probably went to the league or you went to college and then you're trying to give some knowledge back you you look at some of the you know faults you made or mistakes you made you'd be like how can i tell this legit you know what to do or how to say something when he can go google me and look at some of the stuff that i done messed up I mean, once you get over that ego part of it, it's like, nah, like, I definitely got something to tell you. Now, if you receive it, that's on you. But I can help you navigate this line a lot cleaner than you can. Um, it's no different than, you know, like, shit, like when you have a, a son and you're trying to tell him, listen, don't step in that puddle. You know what I mean? Not until he step in it, he feel like he's wet. But once he gets older, he's like, damn. He wasn't telling me to mess me up. He was telling me to protect me. Had I just listened, I would have never got wet. No doubt. People don't realize it like that. But, you know, the mentors are, we're, if you play the sport, if you've been in any of this, it's, of course, you, it's only right you give back. You ain't got to give it to everybody. You know, if you see a little kid in your neighborhood throwing a ball or if it's a cousin or whoever it is, it's, it's only right that you give it back. Like I said, if he doesn't receive it, that's on him. At least you know you try to make a difference. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I respect that a lot, love. And and your best friend is is Chris Johnson, yes. CJ Two K, the only back that would run for twenty five hundred. He definitely made that clear on I L F three. Um, he, he oh he no that's not not run for it. I got him because okay. <laughs> Cause you know, like, you know, the stat checkers that get out there, twenty five. Yeah, he's the only back to go for over twenty five hundred total yards. Okay. Yeah. So that's different, but that's still. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still amazing on the NFL level. What's crazy, people, is that CJ, um, is Lindell's best friend. I used to go to Northwood University with CJ's brother. Right. And we didn't, none of us knew each other, but it's crazy how everything just turned around and come back in full circle over here. So big shout out to uh, Pernell, man. He's a guy, the 504 boys, you know, not ATT. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's crazy. You just telling me about that, how that works. Yeah, yeah that's, that is crazy. So, like, who would you, if you could only pick one, who would you rather be in the backfield now that you've been in the backfield with both, Reggie Bush or Chris Johnson? I got to go with both, man. <laughs> you got you to gotta understand, like, I can't, and with CJ, my brother, that's my love. I ain't going to lie. That's my guy. Like, but what I went through at USC with Reggie Bush and to see that, like, I was on the sideline and I watched him do this, right? And then to leave and then go to the NFL and I have these, when you got NFL dudes asking you about your college guy and like, and they're telling you like, man, that's the coolest thing ever I've seen. Like, I can't, I can never just scratch him off, man. There's no way I can scratch our dot off. That's the president is, he's going to be up there with me forever. Yeah. Um, CJ is just, but it, the reason why CJ is just cold, because when you see that shit on the NFL level and you, to see somebody come in and go for 2000 yards in the NFL, like, and watch that, this, this man, knowing there's only seven people to ever do that in the, in the history of our game, it was ridiculous. And at his time, I think it was six. 
or maybe yeah, six at the time. So no, I think it's eight now because yeah, Derrick Henry just did it. So, but you know, like to think about that, man, that's unreal. Two thousand yards in the NFL—that's a goal that all of us have, and we always talk about it. But to see somebody actually do it, and to see how he do it—the most ninety-yard runs ever, eighty-yard runs ever—that board was. Yeah, you're looking at some that's and it's that was unreal, and the fact that he was in the he was in the trenches, like it, you know, in college speed can you can kill speed. You get outside and you're gone. In the NFL, everybody's fast. So to see him do that, shit, it was ridiculous, man. And also, I remember watching my Reggie Bush was probably the most electrifying player I've ever seen in college, and the reason I say that is what he was doing. He was doing against four and five star athletes. Like, he wouldn't just, like, making runs versus, you know, little kids and da-da-da-da. He was doing this versus people who could have arguably picked anywhere to go in the country and play college ball. For sure. He was he was definitely on a whole nother level. So, I want to get back to, um, so, Balling on a Budget is a financial literacy course targeted specifically towards student-athletes. Um, we are partnered with the Boys and Girls Club of Southeastern, uh, Southeastern Michigan. Big ups to Sean Wilson for giving us the opportunity to be on this platform today. Um, but one of the things that is super important to us, and we talk about it as mentorship, is giving back. It's being able to tell our stories and hoping that our stories can relate to a youngin that are specifically going through something such as and we can help them by letting them know the results of our story. Not saying it will be the results of yours, but if you have a little bit of information, a little bit of guidance and direction, it can help you. Um, give, give the people a, a financial story pertaining to something you've dealt with. Because remember, Lindell has been an All-American, All-State running back on a high school level, a two-time champion leading scorer at USC, on a Division One major level, um, playing as in NFL. Yeah, we're coming to. And yeah, since I'm in Michigan, I must let it be known we are coming to Big Ten country, and we're gonna be whooping ass too. Not gonna happen, man. Not gonna happen. Have... Look at our record versus Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. They we... see when they get out here, and it's real cold in November, <laughs> and they coming out here in short. Oh, Colorado. See, that's what I'm saying. We used to that. Um, I think the story that probably sticks out the most for me, man. Cause we talk about money and like when you're in it, sometimes obviously you play in D1, you're getting Pell Grants, Chauncey's your big cousin, you go get drafted 45th overall, you get some money. Um, I think the main thing for me was giving people stuff, right? So you go out, you get a car for somebody and you put it in your name. Oh. And you're not realizing the effects that that could have on your credit or what, later on down the road. So you give somebody a car, they, they're driving it for a year, but all of a sudden they're not telling you that they had defaulted on payments or that somebody has picked up the car and now the car is repoed, right? And then you go in and try to get you a car later on. <laughs> and then you look on your credit report and they're like, well, you just had a car repoed. And it's like, how? You know what I mean? So you end up calling these people and it's like, that's where my story comes in because it's like you're not realizing like helping people sometimes can hurt you. You know what I mean? Um, and if they're not financial or they don't have the financial literacy as well as you, like y'all both is making two bonehead decisions. Y'all both going to be in the, in the hole, right? So 
that's where mine came in and that's where I like decided to like, man, I got to do something different. I have to know who's in charge of what, how does this work? Like, what is APR? Like, what do you mean when refinancing this? Like, what does this mean? You know? And once I got into it, like you become so much more aware and it's like, listen, it's not that I won't help you. It's like, no, I'd rather help you get your own credit. So you mess up something that's on you. Right? It ain't going to be on me. You know what I mean? That's, and I mean, you live and you learn, but it's like coming from the hood, you coming from where you're from, it's like if you can't help somebody, if you're not doing it, then, you know, people will look at you like, oh, you ain't doing nothing. You ain't can't help your boys from the hood do nothing. So that's one of the, you got to get out of that mindset. You know? That's not nowhere near true because people that love you want to see nothing but the best and they want to build you up, right? So once we get out that mindset, everything is better. Yeah, so... Again, we're balling on a budget. Um, our goal was to be able to teach these students not only about financial literacy, but especially these college students to getting on to start their real life and want to build, you know, get married, get houses, cars. Right. Um, we want to talk up, we want to teach them credit, right? Like everything is important at this age. And so, again, we thank the Boys and Girls Club for allowing us to be here, allowing us to be able to work with those kids at a youth level. Um, we want to thank Apex which is Athletes Preparing for Excellence. Um, all we're about doing is helping the youth and helping those next student athletes be able to make their own way. So we appreciate you guys uh, having us on here again on Willie Johnson with the man, the GOAT, the USC GOAT, Miguel White. I'm excited to introduce my guy, that I was talking about previously in the, in, in the interview, Sean Wilson, who has literally changed the outlook of the Boys and Girls Club. I remember we was talking when I was at the Boys and Girls Club growing up. It was the pool table, basketball court, and then we used to walk to Hardy's and get the California Reds. Right. It's a lot different nowadays. So I want, Sean, if you can, man, talk about the importance of um, some of the changes that you've not only made here before we even get into sports. Yeah, well, you know, a couple things. I think um, what you described is what I walked into four years ago, you know, Boys and Girls Club, right? It was, it was what I call a gym swim model, latchkey model, you know, where, uh, you know, parents were dropping off their kids um, in, a, in a lot of cases because they, they couldn't afford additional, uh, you know, more expensive child care, right? We charge $50 a year. So that's that's affordable pretty much for anybody, right? Um and then what you got here is pool tables, basketball, right? You know, gym swim. What we did coming in, but but let me say this, it was a failing model. Because if you think about what the Boys and Girls Clubs stand for, the foundation that it was built on, it's that safe place. Right. So we're traditionally located in some of the toughest neighborhoods in any city, right? And we provide that safe place for kids. And that's amazing. That's very important. But times have changed. You have to evolve. You can't just be that safe place. Uh, and when you look at an opportunity and say, so what should we stand for moving forward? I pulled in the community, pulled in staff, pulled in youth, pulled in board members, funders, and we basically created a vision around economic mobility. So the reason we chose economic mobility is because it's the root cause of most issues facing our kids. Gun violence, prison pipeline, teen pregnancy, low graduation rates, the list goes on and on and on. If you track the root cause of that, why is this happening? It's poverty. And then when you look at, well, what's the cause of poverty? It's lack of different types of capital, right? Financial capital, social capital, human capital. 
a lot of things that that Lindell talks about, he got access to, right? As he moved up, you know, from high school to college to the pros, he got access to different types of capital. Social capital, that's your network. That's him being able to pick up the phone and call someone to get access to something, right? A lot of our kids don't have access to that. So we 100% reimagined our model to focus on everything we do here is giving them access to different types of capital, which then helps break the poverty cycle, which then helps them move up the economic mobility ladder. That is simple. Right, amazing. It changed the website. It don't get no clearer than that. No, it don't. It definitely don't get no clearer than that. And again, balling on the budget, you know, we are strictly about the athletes. So now I want to have Sean talk about, so this, before we have him talk about, this man decided to create his own football league, getting back to the basics, right? And the things that he's only do, not only that he's doing for the kids and the environments that he's able to put the kids in, he is providing different things for coaches, right? Like, I just want you to talk about the three C's and everything that BGC sports have to do. Yeah, well, you know, so it started with, if you look at our programmatic pillars, and we put everything on the table, right, when, when we kind of reimagine this uh, organization. And I put sports on the table to say, should we be doing sports? How does sports lead to economic mobility? We know it leads to economic mobility for a few, but can it lead to economic uh, uh, mobility for the, for the men? And so we put sports on the table. Once we really dug into why sports would be important, it's because that's always going to be the hook for most kids to get them in the door. Then once you get them in the door, you can introduce them to our other two pillars of entrepreneurship and workforce development. But if I go out and I'm trying to recruit, recruit kids, I'm like, hey, you want to you want to get paid to learn about urban planning? Oh, I'm good. Hey, you want to get paid to learn about fashion? Some may say yes, but the majority probably going to say no. I walk out and I'm like, hey, we just put a new football field in the back. You want to. Yeah. Hey, you want to who? <laughs> right. So so first and foremost, sports to me is about the hook to get them. Uh, in the door. So then once we decided we we're going to do that, we said, well, we have to really become a player in youth sports. First and foremost, I wanted to partner with existing organizations. So I'm a, I'm a, a big fan. I think it's important that you don't recreate the, the will when it's out there that, that you look at those who are already doing it uh, and you partner with them. So we, we sought to partner. What I saw once we, we worked with a couple organizations for a few years is that there's a lot of corruption in youth sports, right? Um, you can't follow the money trail in youth sports because a lot of these um, small teams are mom and pop teams ran by random people. And you have no visibility into their financials. You have no visibility. So I'm paying $400 as a parent. I have no idea what this team is actually doing with that $400. And on top of it, I got a a kick in for the skate party. I got a kick in for this. I got to put in for this. I got to Right. And it, it shocks me that most parents don't ask for financials. Most parents don't actually say, can I see a receipt of how you're spending my money? Right. They just blindly give these teams that money. And so when we started following the paper trail, the money trail, we didn't like what we saw. So then at that point, I'm like, now it's time for us to back up and do it ourselves. Right now, I'm not saying every team is like that. And we have some great teams who are a part of our leagues who are not boys and girls club teams. Um, but you know, we've had to dig pretty deep to, to get to some of those teams. Right. And, and so, so starting the league was the first step in saying, okay, 
you know, it's it's hard to convince other people to do things the right way. Sometimes you have to to model that. So I'll be fully transparent. Like my goal is to blow up youth sports as you know it right now. The bad part of it. The good stuff we maintained, the bad stuff, I want to shed light on it. I want to blow it up because youth sports can, when done the right way, provide um, youth with a, a sense of leadership, right? Understanding hard work, dedication, right? Um, how to be a team player. It can do all that stuff. If you do it the wrong way, it actually counters and, and provides the, the total opposite. Of, it teaches them how to be selfish. Kneeball. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it teaches, it teaches them how to be selfish. You know, you have, as an example, you have parents who, if their kid isn't starting on a team, they'll pick them up and move them to another team. What, what happened to the hard work? Take that position, right? You, you earn it. Earn that position. Take that position. What happened to that? I feel like that's them same kids now out here. I'm looking at the kids. That's the same kids right now in the transfer portal every time something gets rough. That's right. When we was growing up, there was no such thing as transfer portal. If you did transfer, you had to sit out of here so you knew something was going. And it, and it wasn't guaranteed you was going to go to the school you wanted to anyway. So I hear you what you're saying. It, well, it, it, it ain't making it, it easy. Um, you, you miss, and it starts at youth sports. Yeah. Right? And then you see it in college, and then you see it in the in the pros, right? But it starts at youth sports. We are the foundation of, of sports in this country, right? So if we're not doing it right, then it, it trickles up. Because you, you missed the opportunity to teach them, but you think it's unfair? You you know what? You go out there. You ball out so bad that he has no choice but to start to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, my, one of my old coaches used to be like, you stand right here. You know, you stand right next to the head coach. Every time he's looking for someone to come in, he's bumping into you like, damn, Sean, very good. You know what I'm saying? But finally, he's going to go, let's get in there. Let's see what you can do. And now once you get in there, you make it happen. Then they're like, oh. Let me leave them in there. You, you know, so so we miss all of those lessons because it's really the parents, it's not the kids. Right. It's the parents who are like, I want my kid to be this. Man, we got national rankings for six year olds. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. six. That's, <laughs> I'm six. So so I say all that to say that's the foundation of what we're doing. But the other part of it and why youth sports is so important and how it ties to balling on a budget is because because we have so many kids in youth sports. This is an opportunity to use sports, NIL, things of that nature to educate them on financial literacy. Once again, you walk into a, a room full of kids and say, who wants to learn about financial literacy? No one raising their hand. Hey, who wants to learn how to get an NIL deal and manage that money? Right. You tell who won a Lamborghini. Who wants a Lamborghini? Yeah. And I was just saying, you're right, though. I hear you exactly. So you're right. Yeah. So so that's 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 what we're trying to do. And that's why we're excited about the partnership with you guys. And absolutely. Well, like. This is amazing, man. Like I said, you know, we, we're big on student-athletes. And again, sometimes athletics is a good way to go through the back door to get to the front door because kids want to play sports. They, you know, a majority of them don't want to learn, so say, depending on what that subject is. But when you tie a sport and then you make it mandatory for them to learn about financial literacy, or you make it mandatory for them to pay a secondary sport that will help them uh, build on their primary sport, they have no choice. Or or make it exciting, yeah. right? So, you know, you can make it mandatory, or you can also make it, like, so dope that they're like, I, I want to I learn that. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's powerful to have someone like Lindell come in and say, this I did it right, this I did it wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because what, what, you know, what he was breaking down earlier where he's like, a million dollars ain't a million dollars. 
people sleep on it. Yeah. Going to the NFL should be your launch pad. It should not be the end game. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? It should be the launch pad to say, when I get there, this is how I'm going to position myself, right? And I've known, you know, NFL players. So I, I was blessed when I lived in Atlanta, worked with a lot of NFL players on their social impact strategies, right? So I helped them start their own foundation. And, and I would, so I had a chance to really be around a lot of these cats. And you would see, you know, one guy, quarterback, walking to the club, he drops 10 grand. Okay, he got a $50 million contract. Then you see a second string lineman walking to the same club, drop 10 grand. Bro, you got a $400,000 contract. You, you know, but it's this mindset. It's this mindset. And so there has to be someone who can tell those stories of this is how you do it right, this is how you do it wrong, you know, in order to in order to really get through the, to the kids. And me telling them, they're just like, wait, yeah, that's, that's a CEO of Boys and Girls Club. Of course he can't say it. Lindell say it is something different. So, so here's my question for you: Who who did it right in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Who did it right when you from a financial standpoint? Like you had to look and be like, they like, leveraged it. Some of my some of my friends that I've seen in the NFL, yeah, mm-hmm. or even from afar, you know. Well, uh, um, OG is Keith Bullets. Mm-hmm. Keith is one of those dudes that I've seen. Um, he played out his contract. And he's like an OG, so he, he talks a lot of, you know, he'd be like, yo, son, I made 40 million, you know, but when you see like his business savvy or you see that he still has the same house, but gets new cars at that same house and he can go to Belize or you can be in Monaco or Paris and you're like, you know, what did you do? And it's like when you're talking to him where he has Just Love Coffee and he's doing good in his businesses and you're just talking to him and he has houses in the West Coast that he's selling and stuff, and you talk to him like, dang, like, that's one dude that I see that I'm like, yeah, you got it right, right? Another dude, um, Bo Scaife, he lives in Colorado with me. Um, he went to, he has the NBA, they went out in Boston, they graduated, him and Keith actually did the same course. He has a, um, we we uh, have a company back home called uh, All Pro uh, Farms, which is a marijuana company, we sell to dispensaries. But seeing his business savvy and how he brought me in, because again, this is guys that retired but never changed their lifestyle, yeah, right? Yeah. Sometimes people don't realize you get a lot of this money, and yes, when you're in it, you're winning and you're doing all this. As soon as you retire, though, a lot. In my experience, seventy percent of these people that lived that lifestyle before, it's not the same lifestyle once they retire. It's, Sending the cars back, yep. you're pawning your jewelry, you're giving, selling your jewelry, you don't have the big rims on your car as much. And and it's like, what did you do? Clearly, some of them didn't do it right. Some of us had financial advisors probably stole from you. Mm-hmm. So And it's so crazy because as we sit here, it's like, hey, we had this course when we were, I wouldn't need no damn, why would I need some guy to come tell me how to spend money I'm making on? Right. And why am I paying you to tell me that? Right. I should be paying myself to tell me, like, you know, so... When you see people doing it right, it's like usually sometimes they had the um, the financial guy at the beginning. Oh, Chris Johnson, sorry, my best friend, y'all. <laughs> the number one guy I've seen doing it the biggest I've ever seen because I, to know where he come from, I've seen him in 1400. I've been to the projects where he's grow up, y'all, and to see him still building property. My, my guy in the last year done built four new properties. He got Airbnbs. He got he built his forever home. And he has a house down in Brickell, nice two condos down in Brickell, Miami that he's being built on top of having another Just Love Coffee. So 
And I'm seeing that he's been retired for what five, six years now, and to see him still being able to go buy more jewelry when he wants to get a Rolls Royce truck, like it's like something clicked where he did it right, and he came from the same stuff we came from, but it clicked different. So, well, because he probably he probably took a long term view, right? So, so for me, it's work done. Yeah, you know, so I was in Atlanta working with a lot of those guys. And I got a chance to connect with Warren with this foundation work with his foundation Rejo. And um and so, you know, the thing I, I remember he was driving this old car forever. And you know work we were making good money. Yeah. Right? For sure. And he was he was driving this old car forever. And I know the guys were joking. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. But now when you look at him, you know, you got a little stake in the Falcons, you got you know what I'm saying? Like work he's one of those guys you don't worry about yeah, you know, what what happens to him. But it's I think it's a mindset and it's a mindset of so budget, right? Does my budget allow can I maintain this budget after my playing day? That's that should be the question, right? Yes. So I know I can maintain this budget right now, but I also saw guys who, man, they were scrambling, taking out loans, all that stuff in between, because you only get paid during the season. So they're taking out loans and stuff, and then and then that first check, they're like, oh, you know, and, yeah. and then they out there balling again, right? And it's but and I'm sitting there thinking, but but you can't maintain that. Right. How do you actually maintain that that long term, right? And so I think what you guys are doing is spot on because you can't wait until someone hands you a million dollars to say, hey, hey, young fella, let me. No, no, no. You have to start to ingrain that at nine, ten, eleven years old. So by the time they get to that. Now, now they're like, I'm setting this up for a lifetime. I'm putting this over here. I'm going to grab this. this I'm going to play with this. We'll put 200K for when I turn 50. Put another 100K for when I turn 35. Like, just so you know that it's like I'll never be broke, right? They don't think about it like that. But also, when we say balling on a budget, I think people think that's like, you got. I got to go to, yeah, I got to go to the dollar store and get everything. Or do, man, balling on a budget is whatever budget you've been able to, like, that's, if you ball right and you do it the right way, like I said, CJ, um, uh, Vince Young, um, let's say, um, like I said, Bo State Pieces guy, uh, Javon Curse, um, even Deshaun Jackson, some of these, like, these are my friends, but it's like, well, if you do it the right way, the ball on the budget is whatever you want it to be. You can still ride Maybachs. That's right. You can still have big old houses in Malibu. It's depending on how you ball and if you do the budget right and when you want it, right? So, so the question is, do do you have to have that today? Yeah. Or are you making smart moves to be able to grow up? Magic Johnson, I, I read this article and, and he talked about his Starbucks and he said, you know, look, I didn't pull money out after I bought my first Starbucks and it got profitable. I didn't take money out then. I didn't pull it out after my 20th. I didn't pull it out after my 30th. I didn't pull, you know, I forget the number, but he's like, I pulled it out after my 70th Starbucks. See, that's a man with a plan who says, I'm going to fork all short term here. Because what? Let, let's say he nets 200000 on a Starbucks. If he waits to pull out that 200000 until he has 70 Starbucks, now what are we talking? See, that's, that's, a, different, that's a different mindset. You, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, so once again, when do you want that Maybach? When do you want the, the forever home? Do you want to wait until you can maintain it or when it's vulnerable? Absolutely. Yeah, and don't do it vulnerable. I had times out of 10, like, somebody going to come see about that lien on there. Oh, yeah. And they're going to get it for cheaper than you paid for it. Yeah. What What do you think about, uh, who was it, Ocho Cinco talking about? No, but that's one of my big brothers. But, again, another guy that does exact right. I wear clear earrings. Now, don't get it twisted. Chad definitely 
He can go buy any Rolex and go get it. He definitely has that stuff, but he, like he'll tell you, he drives smart cars, he eat McDonald's, and he's like, I'm okay with that. But also, you see Chad doing whatever the hell you want. I'm like, whatever he's doing now, so it only makes sense. Right. No doubt, man. I'm, and I'm a huge believer of your parent as actually your first teacher as a child. You know what I mean? So a lot of times as parents, we have to be that role model, right? Like bring our children to the table financially. Show them how to pay bills. Show them what taxes look like. You know, when, you, when, you're, when you're doing investments, show them what that looks like, right? You got things like Robinhood. Um, that teaches kids how to buy stocks and things of that nature. I think all of that is important. And also, like, imagine on Christmas, instead of buying your child a pair of Jordans, you're stocking their stockings with stocks. Things like that. A Nike stock. Nike stuff. Yeah. Right? Just as much as you want them, George. You know what? I'm going to invest in Nike on the back end while all the mother kids buy the Jordans, and then they're going to build my, my portfolio up. So. But but look, we're, 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 we're a problem. We also let them know because everybody ain't fortunate to have parents. We got boy and girls to Southeast Michigan for and Southern Southern guy. And also, for all other children who's not fortunate enough to have parents, we have the Boys and Girls Club where we provide ball on the budget and different programs to be able to soak up this type of game. Like this, this course is for everybody. Yeah, I mean that's that's why we're tackling this, right? Because. But do you have a parent, not a parent, grandma raising you, grandpa raising you, auntie, whatever, it doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, this is, if we want to see our communities truly thrive, we have to break that cycle. You know what I'm saying? We got to, if we, if we really want to, and sports should be one that way, one of those ways that, that we help to, you know, break that cycle. But sadly, a lot of parents, they see their kids as retirement plans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's that, it's that mindset of, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. I'm going to buy my mama a house. I'm going to, you know, mom should, and actually that's not a bad investment, <laughs> right? If we look at it like that, right? If you look at it as an investment, that's not a bad investment, right? Cause it's going to build equity over time and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Just make sure you can afford them taxes. Even if you buy flat out and should you buy a $2 million house, $3 million house flat out, you know what I'm saying? Like there gotta be lessons. There's keys here. Fellas. There's keys here. You got when you got an eight twenty or a seven. There's anything over that. Well, that's what credit score coming to. You don't never use their money, right? Because a dollar today ain't worth a dollar tomorrow. That's the difference. See, and that's what the game's about, man. Yeah, because if, if you got if you hey, I thought so. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna give you a choice. Yeah, you you drop five million on this house, or you can use of your own money all out, or you can use my money, right? And you gotta pay two percent interest on it. I rather use your money. I still got all my five. You know, that's only two percent. I got five over here that I can pull from. Whatever for that too, right? Yeah. And that's the thing, though. Ain't no teach you that. That's what. It, that's and this is exactly why we here. Stop playing. Got to get this ball on the budget. We gonna. And that's the beautiful thing. Like people got to understand that just as much as you build trust with your coaches and your teammates that allow you on the playing field to make those type of uh, investments, it's the same way with financial institutions and banks, right? You're going to start off low. They're going to give you a chance. You got to show them that you're going to be credible and you're going to be responsible and accountable to be able to maintain those payments. Once you do that, you get get to put on a bigger playing field. You're able to, you know, invest in more stuff because they're going to give you more because you've built trust. Man, I know this brother who, who, well, he was playing pro. He started his own business, right? Um, and, and he would bring potential clients to the games, give them that VIP treatment, 
even though he wasn't the big name players on the team, but he still gave them access to that, to, to all the other big names, locker room tours, all that stuff. So he's leveraging it for, for, for business, right? Mark grew that business to hundreds of millions of dollars business because, because he played the game right. And that's, that's what I would love to see is that we teach these kids how to play the game right and how to use the NFL and just pro period. And now NIL, how do you use all of this as a launch pad? Not the end goal. True story. That's just the, that's just the next step in what you want to do long term. A lot of these board games that we used to play back in the day actually has real life meanings, yeah. right? Monopoly teaches you about real estate, right? And you can buy the land and then you can put the houses on it and it's increased value, right? The game of life, you know, what we're doing is we're, we're giving you the subjects and the tools that you need for real life skills outside of school. Because when you go to school, they're going to give you specific subjects that you have to take in order to graduate yeah some of these things you may not ever use i've never used quantitative <laughs> methods this just let y'all know i don't even know what it is you're gonna have to learn it <laughs> get your good grades yeah but like you're saying 90 percent of it you probably won't have to use probably won't have to use but one thing we can say for sure is you're gonna have to know about credit everybody has it Everybody, but everybody don't know how to utilize it and how to gain access to it, nor establish it. Even in balling on the budget, man, we we talk about how to establish it. We even give you bonuses on how to build your own business credit because at the Boys and Girls Club and Sean, it's a, we're all big on entrepreneurship, right? We don't believe in a company being able to tell you how much you're worth. You know, and that's basically what an hourly wage is. You come in here, I can tell you, do whatever I want you to do, pretty much, for $20 an hour. And I saw you work. But your $20 an hour labor has made them $500 an hour. So if you can gain access to the knowledge on how to build and how to run and how to market your own, you could be that one getting paid $500 an hour while potentially having somebody work for you for $20 an hour. Listen, we're going to wrap this up, man. Again, it's about you. It's about the student athletes. You guys are getting all of this money with NIL deals. We got people getting millions of dollars as early as high school, but can't even open up their own bank account, checking account, nor know how to budget. This course is for you, right? This program is for you, right? If you, if you, if you don't know how to get in touch with us, you can definitely get in touch with any Boys and Girls Club and actual Sean Wilson. They all know the name. You can definitely get in touch with any ESPN reporter, sports analysts, asked about Lendell White. They'll all know the name. Now, if you're in Midland, Michigan, where I went to school at Northwood, it ain't that big. You can ask about me and uh, my two rings and everything. Yeah, I heard. I heard someone refer to you as a living legend. Yeah. So you know is that, is that it, you know. Let me let me just say. <laughs> Sports guys hang with sports guys, right? Like, I was the high school legend at Belleville High School. Big shout out to them. They just got their first national championship last year. Got it again this year, back-to-back. We got to run the state of Michigan right now. But in one game, I had 350 yards on 17 carries, five touchdowns, a set with six minutes left. So I did some legendary things, right? But what we're really trying to be legendary about is be able to be mentors to all of you and be able to help you guys succeed in life. Yes, sir.